3: Hello and welcome to the Cardinals Insider Podcast. I'm Brett McMillan. Glad to have you with us for this episode as we celebrate the 50th anniversary of the 1967 world champion St. Louis Cardinals. Recently had that team back in town to celebrate their World Series victory, and it was a parade of legendary names that made their way back to St. Louis here for the reunion. Uh, During that time that they were all in town, we were able to do sit-down interviews with four of the members of that team. Orlando Cepeda, Bobby Tolwyn, Steve Carlton, and Julian Javier. We also sat down with Tim McCarver, too, the catcher from the 1967 roster, but that conversation going to come your way in a couple of weeks as its own podcast as we're celebrating Tim going into the Cardinal Hall of Fame later on this summer. 67 Redbirds beat the Boston Red Sox in seven games. That claimed the franchise's eighth world championship back in 1967. The four interviews that you're about to hear were originally for our TV show, Cardinals Insider. So my questions are a little bit softer than the answers. And while it might not be the cleanest listen that you're ever going to have in a podcast, I do think that you're going to just appreciate the organic feel of getting to be in the room as the questions were asked to these players, two of them Hall of Fame players. Because we're asking these questions for TV, there's also going to be some repeats, But each player had a different perspective on some of the questions that we were asking, and I think that that's just part of the fun, is seeing how they remember their world championship differently. We begin with Orlando Cepeda, the first baseman who won NL MVP back in 1967. He hit 325, 111 driven in in his first full season in St. Louis, and he had finished second in the MVP voting a couple years earlier in 1961 as a member of the Giants. So I asked him what he thought propelled him to first in the award, in 1967,
4: I came here in 1966, and uh, then I was in May, Mother's Day. So in 67, I went to spring training with the team, and my cover told me, we have you from the beginning, and we're going to go all the way. So things like that either put pressure on you or help you. Help me, give me confidence, you know. So I did it, but they also helped me so much.
3: What was it like working with Red Shane Deeds? What was his management style like, if you had to describe it?
4: Well, Red Shane uh, he told us spring training. That uh, I don't have to tell you how to play the game. You know how to play the game, play hard every day, and don't worry about anything. What I'm saying that he make you feel relaxed. He doesn't try to put pressure on you. You know, sometimes a manager, sometimes he can get to you. So Red made us relax and go play one game at a time.
3: How did Roger Maris change things for you?
4: Great, great teammate, <clears throat> great friend, great ball player.
3: You were a, a great hitter, obviously, and so was Roger. What did you learn from him, and what do you think maybe that you were able to impart from him?
4: Well, Roger helped me so many ways. You know, the way he played every game, he's the best. 260-hitter i ever seen in my career. Clutch hitter, clutch in the outfield, great baseball, baseball, base runner. And surprised me the way he ran the bases. And surprised me the way he played every day. He never complained. He come to play every single day. Go off for 5 or go 5 for 5, the same person every single day. Great friend and great
3: baseball player. Mike Shannon had to move to third after Roger came over. How did you see Mike develop across the diamond from you?
4: Amazing. It's hard to do it. But I remember that Mike in spring training to come every day before everybody and go to third base and work so hard and then he did a great job playing third base. Amazing.
3: You guys were a really competitive bunch. Tim McCarver told me yesterday it's the most competitive team he ever played on.
4: Amazing. I've never seen any team like that.
3: Why do you think you guys were so competitive as a group?
4: Because, you know, as Reds say, you are a professional baseball player. I don't have to tell you what to do. You go there, do the best you can every day. and. Nobody was better than nobody. We were equal, the same frame of mind, play hard every day, and do the best we can.
3: What was the World Series like with the Red Sox? Was it fun? Did you have respect for them?
4: Oh, yeah, you gotta have respect for them. You know, you can't take them for granted, and you gotta, you know, great team.
3: It's the World Series, so obviously you want to win for that reason alone, but um, how were they as far as a compete level, the the Red Sox, how did they push you because they were a competitive bunch too?
4: They got a great team. You know, one of the best players ever, Gino Lombard, they have uh, uh, Petroselli. they have George Scott, they have a great team.
3: Why do you think you guys as a group were able to get to Lombard in Game 7 like you did? Javier had that. 3 run homer and, and you guys win in Boston
4: we're right it's hard to explain you know you did you, you do it
3: because yeah, he, he beat you guys I think twice I'd have to look and then and then you put a couple of runs on him in in game seven is there something that maybe as a ball player a hitter that you see different a third time through in, in seven games
4: Worked for for him or worked for us we saw him a couple times. he saw us a couple times so
3: what's uh What do you remember the clubhouse being like
4: after you won Game 7? Amazing, amazing. I've never seen so many people so happy together. Because it's hard, you know. I mean, you play the whole, you start spring training, through the year, World Series, last game of the World Series. It's hard. So when you win and you finish, it's a relief. I did it. So we did it.
3: And then our last question. You have a lot of things that you accomplished during your career, but to be a world champion and to do it here as a St. Louis Cardinal, what did that mean to you personally? It
4: means a lot, because uh, wherever I go, people remind me the World Series. People remind me they're Virgo. Wherever I go, I get to know somebody from St. Louis. Because St. Louis had the best baseball time in
3: baseball. Bobby Tolan also gave us some time on reunion week. He was a reserve outfielder and one of the youngest members of that 67 team, just 21 years old. As an outfielder, he was with Lou Brock quite frequently that season. Lou had a great World Series. He had 4-14, three runs batted in, and eight runs scored his second fall classic in St. Louis after coming over midway through the 1964 campaign. But Brock's .299 batting average was his best during a full season with the Cardinals to that point. So I asked Bobby Tolan if he kind of got the sense from Brock that Luke came into his own or hit a new level during that 67 year.
1: No, um, you know, he, I think he played in the 64 season series, and so... You know, he was a great ball player then. He just didn't get the chance, I guess, when he was with the Cubs, and that's why they traded him over to St. Louis. But he was already established um, after that trade, and he went on to have you know, a, a Hall of Fame career, obviously. But um, just being around him made me a better ball player too.
3: How did that group in 67 compare to any other team that you were on as far as competition level?
1: Well, I, I think playing with Cincinnati, Playing with St. Louis, San Diego, Philadelphia, and a little bit with Pittsburgh, St. Louis was the best team that I was associated with, even though I didn't get a chance to play on a regular basis. Although I did get into quite a few ball games during that season, but as far as playing on an everyday basis, uh, I enjoyed Cincinnati. But the, the Cardinal players we had, with you know Savage was there for a while, Gibson and Brock, Cepeda, they all took me under their wings. And being the youngest guy on the team, they wanted to make sure that I stayed out of trouble and and played the game hard when I did get a chance to play.
3: How did Roger Maris change the lineup and the complexion for you guys that season?
1: Well, his experience, you know, being a winner over there with New York, it it made a big difference coming over here. It it gave uh, Mike Shannon the chance to realize that he could play another position, you know, at a high level. And Roger and I became real good friends. ironically, late in 67, Roger came over to me and told me that he was going to retire after the 67 season, his first with us. And I'm like, "Uh, wow, he said, I've already told the Cardinals that you should be the starting outfielder, so they'll have you, Brock, and Flood. And I was so excited, you know, I called home and told everybody I'm going to be starting in the outfield next year, and then about a week or two later, he came back and said he had to play one more year, and I'm like, why? Why you got to play again? He said, well, I was just offered a real nice beer distributorship in Florida, and uh, so I've got to play one more year. And that obviously uh, ended my career pretty much with the Cardinals after the 68 season. I think if Roger had retired after 67, I might have had a chance to start and play every day, and maybe I would have played with the Cardinals a lot longer than I did.
3: What was the most impressive thing when you did play next to Kurt Fullett in the outfield? What impressed you about the way he went about things?
1: He was very, very gentlemanlike. like uh, He and Brock both, uh, they went to work, even though it was a game. They went to work, they put in their full hard hours that we had to be out there, three or four or five hours a night, and just playing alongside them, teaching, knowing how to play the hitters, how to move, and move around out there in the outfield. Uh, things that you stick to and you remember from the first inning, until the ninth inning.
3: The seventh game, my understanding is that there was a a newspaper headline that morning in Boston that excited you guys a little. Yeah,
1: you know, you you wake up, you go have your coffee, whatever it is, and all of a sudden you see Lomborg and Champagne, and you're like, you got to be kidding. Do they know who they're playing against? They know who's pitching? You know, and Gibby, uh, he didn't like that himself. I mean, he took that to heart. So he went out to prove something, and he did a great job proving it.
3: He had a broken leg part of that season and and still came back and did what he did. What was the most impressive thing to you about the way he stayed in shape and then contributed at the end?
1: Well, I remember Bob saying something, I think, during the sports writer's dinner that I think was Clemente that hit the line drive that broke or fractured his ankle, and and uh, that gave Nellie Browse the chance to come in the lineup and, uh, and and pitch. And Browse was doing a great job. And Gibson kind of got a little bit of worried. So he, he kind of came back a little bit earlier than he was supposed to, but, which turned out to be a big break for us. But also by getting hurt, it made Nellie Browse blossom as a start, starting pitcher also.
3: And then final question. When you talk about that '67 17 and we look back 50 years later, for, for fans who weren't alive then, or didn't see you guys play, what do you think Cardinal fans need to understand about that group that maybe they wouldn't by just watching the old highlight films.
1: Well, baseball back then, we knew how to play the game. And we played to win every game, regardless of the score. Uh, Nowadays you'll see some guys uh, jogging down to first base, hit a fly ball to the outfield, the outfielder will catch the ball and they're halfway to first base. Uh, But then if they drop the ball, you know, he should be on second, but he's not. The guys today, they've got great talent. They've probably got more talent and ability than we had, but they're still learning how to play at this level. Um, But the guys that we had, um, it was just a bunch of star players. Uh, There wasn't any real superstars like the Mays and the Aarons and the Clementes and the Koufaxes. We were just a bunch of star players who played together as a team, and that's why we won.
3: Our third conversation in the podcast with left-handed legend Steve Carlton. A lot of people forget, but before he won four Cy Youngs in Philadelphia, he pitched in St. Louis from 1965 until 1971. And in 67, he contributed 14 wins compared to nine losses and had a 2.98 ERA. It's rare for him to do interviews at all these days. And in fact, I think the reunion is the first time I can remember him doing a public appearance in St. Louis, at least during my lifetime. He did so much winning in 24 years as a big leaguer, so I wanted to know what a young Steve Carlton learned in 1967 about being a winner in Major League Baseball.
0: 67 uh, was a, you know, everybody talks about the, I think the continuity of the, of the team at that time, because I thought we moved in great synchronicity, because I'm I'm just learning the game myself at this level because I'm I'm new a couple of years in the big leagues and um, they were just an amazing ball club you know flood hitting behind Brock and Brock stealing bases and you know the first thing we get one run and that's a lot of times that's the only run we got you know so but they just uh they were they were this a, a team that we weren't going to score a lot of runs so we had to be very skilled at at not giving up a lot of runs so and that was the the key to those those years that we were winning a lot of games, you know. So it's, uh, and I just thought they were just like an incredible team because all, all, you know, the Phillies were in 80 when we won it where, where I think they might have had more talent, but they weren't a skilled, uh, as skilled a team as fundamentals of baseball as this uh, Cardinal team
3: was. You had three guys in that rotation in 67 that ended the year with a sub three ERA and another guy I think that was a 301. Yeah. What made that group capable
0: of those numbers? Well, you know, the ballpark, our 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 defense ability, you know, our skills, you know, in the outfield. But uh, the ballparks are bigger back then. I think the ball was not as hot as it is today. Um, so you're not going to give up a lot of, especially in that that old Bush Stadium. You're not going to give up a lot of home runs, you know. Uh, so you can manage. You, you know, I call it managing the bases. You know, you can, you can let them go all the way around the base as long as they don't go past third, I maybe mean, going home. You know, so. If you can manage that, then you can you can pitch under pressure and you can you can win ball games because you know, there's gonna be it's gonna be one a lot of one run ball games in in that equation. So.
3: Yesterday, Tim McCarver told me he felt like that was a it was almost a nasty World Series. I think it was when we were talking to him and when you guys were together last night. Yeah. Um, do you concur with that? Did it, did it feel nasty in those seven games?
0: No, I was just I was just scared to death. <laughs> just my. Because you know, they were in the World Series of '64, but I was I was on the last like 20 days of the, you know, when they bring the kids up. I was there, and I was uh, I had a chance to get in one of the seconds of the last game. And if Bobby Tolan pinch hits, uh, then for the hit, for the pitcher, then I'm I'm the only pitcher left, or only it might be the only player left on it because uh, we went through everybody. And I was warming up in the in, the, on, in Bush Stadium and uh, on Grand, the old the old old Bush Stadium. And you know the down the left field line and left left handed pitcher the well the pitching mounds are right there by the by the stands and the stands are only about that high so people are leaning over and waving at you and I'm left handed so I'm pitching right along that wall and I'm scared to death I, I can't even see the catcher you know, Ricketts are down here catching me as I go like, oh. it was so noisy in that place and because I'm used to pitching like in front of 200 people in a in a minor league situation because I was I, I was with four ball clubs that te- uh, that year before I came up at the end of the year and I was scared to death you know so. I didn't get in that World Series, but in, so in the, in the first time I got in the World Series was in '67, so I was pretty, you know, pretty on edge, you know. So I wasn't a dominant pitcher I became because I, when I came up, with my slider in '69 is the first year I threw that slider. That that changed a lot for me because it, uh, it 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 intimidated hitters. You know, they they couldn't go out and, and work on that outside corner where I'm, I'm getting strikes on them. They had to stay back in, because so, that slider going to be biting inside on them. So it took took care of that. You know that inside pitch for me, which I needed, that was perfect for me. I wish I'd have had it in, in '64. You know, so I, but I didn't.
3: So many accolades for you, and you know, I think a lot of people don't think about your Cardinal days sometimes if they're younger. But what yeah. did it mean to you to win in '67 with this group, with this franchise?
0: Well, no, the, any, any, all World Series are, are great. You know, unfortunately, we you know the following year we lost that we were up, up three to one to Detroit, but. Uh, and you know, postseason play is great. I mean, it just it never gets old. You know, you just don't care. if, You know, you win on the first year, or the last year of your career. You know, it never gets old. Winning is, and that's the height of winning. You know, to to you know, be world champion. So every, everybody strives for that. It's it, it's very meaningful. <laughs> it's every everything that you that you go out and work work hard for. You know, that's your reward. And then
3: last but, thing, <laughs> I know you know Bob really well and obviously he was a key piece of so many Nobody teams. knows
0: Bob real well. <laughs> His wife doesn't know him that well.
3: <laughs> How did he set you guys apart being the number 1 that year?
0: Well, I think everybody looks for their their leader, you know, and uh, Timmy's a sort of the leader on the on the, uh, on the on the on the hitting side and Gibby's the leader for the pitchers, you know, and they watch him perform, performance you know because we always because he had that intimidating factor, you know, the way you settle the score, Gibby's on the mound, he's going to get it done, you know. So he was the go-to guy, you know, and we're just kind of learning this whole thing, and he was, he was a master teacher at that.
3: In typical Bob Gibson fashion, he didn't just win three games in that World Series, he also belted a home run as well. So did Julian and Javier, a three-run bomb off Red Sox starter Jim Lomborg, exclamation point in that ball game, giving the Cardinals a 7-1 lead during the sixth inning at Fenway Park. I asked about that a few questions in, but to begin, I wanted to get his take on why he thought the 67 roster was so incredibly successful.
2: Well, I told you that when we played, uh, the whole club was uh, happy, you know. Everybody was so good train and and talk about and and go moving around. And and I think this is what we want. And, uh, you know, we have a couple of good ballplayers. And we made it.
3: You had some great pitchers on that team. In fact, three of the guys in your starting rotation had sub three ERAs. How did that help you guys kind of springboard to becoming a championship caliber club?
2: Well, you know, the, time, the, heart, of the uh, heart of the team is uh, the pitching. So uh, we have a Gibson, and we lost Gibson that year, I think. The Nelson Brothers came and have a good year. Then after that, we have the other, the other that make a good work. So uh, then we hope to, uh, you know, hitting all the, you know, at the right time, and uh, and we made it.
3: Game seven of the World Series, you step up in the sixth inning and hit a three-run homer. Tell me about what uh, Lomborg threw you. Walk me through the at-bat.
2: I don't know. I was looking for everything. So he threw me a good good slider. So uh, for I hit it very good. Then. At the end, and they, uh, with that home run, uh, he threw me the same pitch. They were waiting for bunt, but they gave me say, a hitting sign, uh, you know, and, uh, and I hit the ball out. So we, have, we went uh, three, uh, about six, two, or some, seven, two. So he said, OK, here we go. Gibson said, OK, thank you. <laughs> so, so we go all the way.
3: Morning of Game 7, you guys wake up, and there was a very famous headline on one of the Boston papers. What did it say, and, and tell me how that made you feel.
2: I told you, they were talking, they were talking a lot about the Boston team. And we saw, we, uh, we were telling, uh, don't worry, we go and get it, and we got it. So, uh, they were so quiet in the game, at the end of the game, uh, and we make a lot of noise, you know. So, uh, and that's what happened.
3: And last thing, when you think about that 67 club, if you had to talk about, kind of characterize the group as a whole, what would you say made you guys a, a special group of players?
2: In that team, everybody was special. The guy on the bench and the guy who played the ball. Because, uh, you know, they like one ball player all together, you know what I mean? So we're trying to play hard, and everybody play hard. We got a good hitting team, and... Uh, that's why we made him.
3: Our TV story on the 67 Cardinals is in the May 28th episode of Cardinals Insider. If you want to watch live on television, check out cardinals.com insider for local listings. Plus, we're on demand, cardinals.com video or the MLB at bat app. If you go the app route, just make sure to go to the video tab and type Cardinals Insider into the search bar. It'll bring up individual stories as well as the full episodes, too. As I mentioned earlier, Tim McCarver, gracious enough to give us some time when he was in town for the 67 reunion. He has great stories about both playing and broadcasting, and you won't want to miss it. Really a great baseball personality, and we'll bring you the whole conversation we had with him closer to his induction into the Cardinal Hall of Fame in August. It was a blast catching up with the 67 team. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. And we give a big thanks to our four guests today. For those guests, Orlando Cepeda, Bobby Tolan, Steve Carlton, and Julian Javier, I'm Brett McMillan. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time on the Cardinals Insider Podcast.